to Board Game Chimwags. I'm a Helen. I'm a friend of Dave's from school. And uh, I've loved board games my whole life, but has really been playing them um, full on since really the start of COVID. Uh, I started a new job and they had a board game Thursday. And so we would get together at lunchtime on a Thursday and play games. And then Dave started up a shop and I bought a whole lot of games. And then <laughs> since then, I've just been effect. playing a lot. Um, I play for my love of connection, really, and my enjoyment of people and the banter that you have over games is probably more my reason rather than playing with complete strangers for any reason. Um, but I do love it. So, wow. yeah, that's a bit about nice. And uh, school friends. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we've been friends for over 25 years. He taught me to drive. Wow. did. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, 17-year-old me teaching 16-year-old Helen to drive is a fantastic experience. How you're both alive, I don't know. Well, it was more teaching me how to reverse parallel park. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Around Josh's house, that went so well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's good. All right, so the topic... For today, do we want to get into that, boys? Well, why well, don't we stick with um, we'll stick with you for just a little bit? You mentioned okay. that you've you, you, you've been playing board games all your life, but last couple of years you've kind of really got into it. Yep. What was what was the do, do you attribute that to a game at all? Like, was there a game in that Thursday lunch group that sort of grabbed you, and was the the, the game you attribute to falling in love with the hobby? think I know which was the one that made that I bought first um I think that I know support right, of course you would <laughs> he's just he's just brought it up on Shopify well, yeah <laughs> well was the first game I bought Orcs 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 yeah Charity Party yeah so Dave, no, no. Dave Orcs, started Orcs, his... Orcs is way better than Charity Party don't get <laughs> we... don't get down that path but I have still it is still on my shelf of shame because it's never <laughs> It's never been played, um, but I bought it from Dave as one of the first games I bought because Dave got it in um, because of his beautiful wife's mims. Um, it was a game her brother would have loved, and so, you know, it was really important to me to buy that game and, and play that game at some point. Uh, just Dave and I have never gotten around to actually yeah. doing that. We will. It's um, it's basically a rip-off of Castle Panic, I think, with a oh, yeah. walk theme. So it, it can't be terrible, right? No, yeah. no. Yeah. Sure. You make the, you, there's it's a no tower charity party. The, yeah, it's no charity party. <laughs> there's a tower in the middle, and you, you yeah, you've got to try and stop the orcs getting to the tower. Yeah, we'll give from it a what run I one saw day. From when I opened it. <laughs> so, um, so you yeah. Sorry, you were mentioning before that you you know you got into board games through COVID. Yeah. Uh, what's your most you know hilarious story you've had since coming into the board game? Can you think back of a, a funny story that you could tell us? Um, just the length of time it takes my group to play a game. So you could get any game. So say Wingspan, 90-minute game. We took five and a half hours the first time we played it. <laughs> did, you, did you play it with five? Was it five people? Wow. It was, yeah. and it was online. We played it on oh, Tabletop Simulator. Yeah. We played it on Tabletopia Ouch. because that was during COVID. But, yeah, we Five and a half hours. And that just always happens, I think, because we just end up chatting about things and people are that's strategizing cool. just gets delayed. But, um, but yeah, that's that's always fun. Uh, is, we did is... the same thing recently with Phase 10 
I don't know if you boys have ever played oh, Phase wow. 10. Yep, it's yep. a little quick card game. Played it on my birthday three and a half hours later. <laughs> um, no, but it's just, yeah, it's funny. There's some we great people in your group. There is. There yeah. is. Uh, we have some people, you know, who are part of LXG. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're an amazing group of people, actually. They're all very different and just all really just cool people. And they love to chat. Yeah, yeah, we just, we go in, we get into things like, yeah, we'll just end up in stitches going off on a, like we played Wavelength once and um, like it was literally, it's like we're trying to get, I can't remember even what it was, it was like, I don't even remember, but there was, a, we're trying to get a character that was dead set in the middle and like one end was like, we're trying to go, well, Harry Potter, I think it, like we used Harry Potter and it was like, a quarter from perfect. It was funny. It was just the way we did it. And we did like, we used Keanu Reeves as like perfection. And it was just funny. We just, <laughs> yeah, we go off on complete tangents. And that's awesome. Yeah. So Helen, um, I, I actually name dropped you. Um, I name dropped you the other day when we were talking about our um, favorite TV shows. So Shane actually mentioned one of his favorite shows was The River Cottage. And I said, oh, yes. I'm pretty sure Helen has some connection to the River Cottage. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Liam and I, my husband, have been together for um, 18 years, but we used to watch it together always. I grew up in England. My parents are British. And so it's just a beautiful show that shows the countryside. And he's wonderful. And my husband loves him. So when we went on our honeymoon, we actually went to River Cottage to do a cooking course. We did cool. a full day cooking course. So we made bread with Steve Lamb from the show. And we oh, made wow. Gil. Gil Maya like helped us make some pizzas and then like they gave us a bottle of champagne to congratulate us for a getting married but also choosing to come all the way from Australia to do a cooking course but uh yeah it was amazing it was as good as you would expect it to be that's now just added to mine and Lauren's bucket list thank you very much yes well actually my son's name's Hugo and that's because he's named after Hugh Fernley Whittingstall from River Cottage and Goku from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Together at last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Match made in heaven. <laughs> All right, Helen. So since you've been playing for a while now, um, yeah. you've played lots and lots of games. If you were, if your group had a new player or someone who wasn't quite as into it as you guys are, is there any particular games that you would sort of like use as an introduction? Um. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely games that you sort of steer clear on on people who aren't regular players. I think Mysterium's always a really nice gateway game. It's just an easy game to learn. It's, you know, you do it as a group. Um, so have you guys played Mysterium? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mysterium, it's basically a fortune-telling game. So you get given um, cards that have pictures on them and you use them to try and get somebody to guess like where you are or what you're doing. And yeah, so it's, yeah, you kind of use the cards as, as clues for people to go, yeah, okay, I know which person you have. And the, the quicker they get through and guess your things, um, the quicker you can move up and try and you've got to complete it, I think, in 13 hours so that you can release the ghost. It's just um, a really fun game. And it's got actually a, a secondary game called Mysterium Park which is just a smaller version and it's, it's more of a, t um, a card game rather than a full-fledged board. 
So if you haven't played it or heard, but imagine if you got Dixit and Cluedo and push them together. And so it's a more fun version with beautiful artwork and cards where the ghost, the player that's trying to get the piff and to get the clues, can't talk. So they can only give these beautiful esoteric art cards to give clues. Yeah. See, I don't know how Dixit is a mainstream game. I borrowed it and I could not play it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It's funny though. Like, I wonder whether that's what time of in in your board gaming um, life did you do that? Because I remember having a similar thing with Five Tribes. I heard Five Tribes was a good gateway game. I bought it. I opened it all. I looked at all the pieces and went. I don't even know where to start, and then I put it all back and got rid of it. So, but I th- but I've been told since that yeah, it really is easy, and I'm sure I'd be able to get my head around it now. But it was too much for me then. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I play games also with my family. So my mum, my sister, and my two of my nieces get together and we play games. So there's games that I play that I think about how mum will feel and whether she'll enjoy it and whether she'll feel part of it. Um, so that's mm. where cooperative games are always <clears throat> really strong in my wheelhouse because I think that they're a real group game. Same with, um, and this is like one of my, I'm not sure if this is an underrated game or not, but Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Yeah, amazing game. another game. I love it. It's probably up there in my top five. But it's a game anyone could play and you can teach it easily and, you know, you're involved in it and you can help people out because it is, again, cooperative. Um, and that's a brilliant game and one of those few games that's based off a show or a movie but actually has thought put mm. into how mm. they created the game and it's actually a game it's rather than just being a you know a sleeve on top of a normal game like Cluedo yeah it's an actual game that has substance yeah nice so putting you on the spot then Helen um top five games real quick oh that's <laughs> hard okay um I'd have to say Tapestry mm-hmm Nice. Hogwarts Battle, um, Lambert Sea, It's a Wonderful World, and oh, I've got to add Wingspan. It's such an easy, <laughs> nice game to play. True. Awesome. I am great a list. Fan. It is a great list. It's so. a good list. Mm. And if you can play Wingspan for five and a half hours, it'd have to be in your top five. Yeah. <laughs> Actual birds would have been hatched yeah. in that time. Do you know, honourable uh, mention, Evolution is a great game too. Have you guys played Evolution? No. I played Not Oceans, yet. which is the... Is that the, 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 the follow-up as Oceans, I'm pretty sure? Yeah, I, I, that's yeah. my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great game. So you, yeah. You've got to mm. basically stay within the... There's Ice Age and there's... There's fire and you've got to try and keep everything alive, but feed your dinosaurs and you make dinosaurs with spiky tails or venom or do all these mm. different things and you just got to have the biggest amount of... Yeah, you've got to evolve the most throughout the game. It's Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Just uh, just quickly on Wingspan because it's definitely not an underrated game, so it's unlikely to be spoken about again tonight. But um, it's actually had a bit of a rebirth in our family because for the longest time... Either myself or Helen was always teaching Wingspan. Um, like when like either they're at a game day or whatever, we had friends over, it was always Wingspan that was the one that came out. Quite obviously, it's beautiful to look at and catches people's interests and all that sort of stuff. But <clears throat> Helen and I have finally actually just... Oh, and by Helen and I, I mean my wife, Helen, sorry, for saved confusion. My wife's name is also Helen. 
um, and not not the Helen who's hosting. Um, and uh, yeah, we've we've actually just been playing it two player, and it's like such a great game for two players. Uh, and it's like it's nice. Like we kind of I wouldn't say got sick of it, but we didn't play it for a long time because we just taught it so many times. But just to sit down and play it without having to think about what anyone else is doing and just play your game, far out, it's an enjoyable game. So were you playing the new Asia expansion? Uh, no, that was just base game. I haven't got the Asia expansion. Because apparently that, I've got it and it's still in shrink, unfortunately, but apparently that is the two-player version of Wingspan and apparently it's amazing. It takes it to another level. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I didn't buy it because we hadn't played Wingspan so long, but now we're starting to play it again. I wish I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, not enough about me. I'm talking about Helen and... Not, not my wife, Helen. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I think we're pretty well good enough to just get, get into it. Helen, do you want to take the reins? And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So today's topic we're going to talk about is your uh, favourite underrated games. So I really struggle with this topic because I'm not in, in the know enough to know whether games are common, popular. <laughs> so, I, you know... I love a myriad of games, but I don't know if other people also play them and whether they're overrated or underrated. So I'd love your guys' take on what exactly that means to you and mm-hmm. how you guys decipher whether something's overrated or underrated. Fair call. Awesome. Um, so. I'll jump in at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in charge, Alan. You get to throw it to somebody. Well, no, I. Oh, okay. Lovely. Dave just volunteered. So, Dave, <laughs> how do you how do you know whether something's underrated or overrated? Because I play so many games, I think there's a lot that come through very quickly and they don't stick around. Like Wingspan, obviously, everyone knows of super popular game, so that's the definition of not underrated. Um, where something like Broom Service for me, it's a game people talk about really positively and they love but no one owns a copy and no one really mm-hmm. pulls it out and plays it very often. Um, so my definition of underrated will be a game that people have heard of but wouldn't choose to play if there's almost any other choice, I think. Um, and, and I've talked a little bit about Lunch Money, which is one of my favourite underrated games, but that one actually it doesn't have a, a well-known following. Um, and every time I show it to people, they actively choose not to play it. So I don't, I don't think that one's... <laughs> That one's so underrated, but it, it's very highly rated in our group and it's, it's definitely a go-to. Um, but Broom Service is what I was going to mention. I just actually brought it up because I had a game of it yesterday for the first time, I think, since I bought it in 2015. Um, and it was fantastic and just such a great game. And it's a real simple pick-up and deliver with some hidden roles, a little bit of bluffing, a little bit of sort of follow-suit mechanics where um, someone plays a role and you have to also play that role. But you've got to gamble on whether you're going to be a cowardly version and do a, a shorter action or risk it and be a brave version of the action, like a witch or a druid. And somebody else uh, following around the table can actually trump you and then be the brave so they can actually take away your action. Um, so I played it with brand new people for the first time. They'd never even heard of it. Everybody had a ball. And one of the ladies messaged me today. She went to buy a copy and it was the only available version was on Amazon for $160. And then a Facebook marketplace post came up. Someone sold it to her for $25. Wow. Conveniently today. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I saw perfect. I saw it in um, the Games Capital over in Canberra earlier this year for thirty bucks, oh. and it was, it was half price because they had one copy left they couldn't move. Like, yeah. uh, so it won the I think the Kennerspiel in twenty fifteen. Like it's a it's one of our first games that we got into as a group, kind of after Puerto Rico, and I think G Money had it and and brought it around for us for a few times. It's just fun. It's it brings in a little bit of a party atmosphere. Um, it's a bit strategic. Um, there's not a lot of depth that you need to worry about and, and almost anybody can pick it up. So Broom Service, definitely an underrated game for me that I think everybody should play at least once. Excellent. All right, Grant, what about you? What's your most underrated game? So here's a bit of a weird tangent. Uh, trouble. <laughs> so I, Yeah, the kids game. So I spent Christmas at my family's. And my nephew, who's 30 years old in the military, plays a really hardcore version of Trouble. Uh, they've added rules to it. Um, so you roll two dice instead of one. If you get two sixes, you can stack two pieces on top of each other. And then you a single piece can't go past it. And you have to roll like multiple sixes in a row to jump over it and kill a whole stack. And they're really fanatical about how you got to roll the dice. If the dice go out of the tray, you lose your turn. It, it was phenomenal. We played it for like three days straight. Then we went and bought a copy of Trouble for the kids and they played it for three days straight. Now, I don't know whether it's underrated or not, but I reckon it's fantastic. Certainly underrated in the board gaming hobby sphere. So Yes, I would imagine yeah. it fits into that kids game and, you know, no one really plays mm. it. But yeah, there's apparently some sort of like underground hardcore trouble going in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> I just, the image of that is just something else. Yeah, they use, they use spent 50 cow shells. They cut them off, <laughs> and they're your pieces. It's, yeah, they're full onto, they're full into it. It's, yeah, it's serious business. Um, another game I really like uh, that I don't see a lot of people sort of mention is Above and Below and Near and Far. Uh, I really, really liked those games they were like the early precursors to oh, what was that pirate ship game where you go around the map sleeping uh, gods sleeping gods thank you yeah yeah i really really liked those games uh they were really fun they were like choose your own adventure you know like you go down and you go like page 63 and read chapter 81 and then it tells a big story uh, i thought that was really good um i think betrayal house on the hill is underrated I think it slips through the cracks sometimes. Well, with the new version they've just put out, it's probably going to hit a new range of audience. Yeah, is it the legacy one or? No, they've done a version three, like a new. Oh, updated... that's right. Has it got like the wolf on it? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and uh, Catan Cities and Knights, I reckon, is underrated. Uh, that that makes Catan pretty pretty good. Like, t- takes it from a gateway game to a pretty crunchy game uh, with a fair few mechanics in it. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about that Catan City of Nights saying it's uh, it's actually the best version of Catan. Yeah, it it really changes. Um, You can sort of go into that whole like expansion packs are sort of like, that's a great sort of thing of like, there's expansion packs that you you play. Good ones you never play without. Like an expansion pack comes along and you always sort of play with it. Some expansion packs come along and say, oh, it was all right, but I'll never use it again. So that's, I guess that's what I put into, like, overrated or underrated. Fair enough. I felt that way with um, with Wingspan, with the Oceana 
expansion because I felt it made it too easy. Because once you got the um, the berries, and the berries could be anything. Yeah, I agree. It just made the game way too easy. So I, I just don't play with them. We play with the cards, oh, and wow. not the berries, because it's just that game doesn't need to be any easier. It's not a difficult game. It's an enjoyable game, but it doesn't need to be easier. And so for us, I find the berries just make it way too easy. That's interesting. I, I, I think the game was so much further improved with that Oceania expansion because of the, the what is it, the, the nectar or the berries. It's because it's like it has that collection idea where you, you know, you're also, if you spend the most in a particular area, you get bonus points as well. Um, and I, I think the one thing, and maybe not the berries, but I, and I'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this, but the, the play mat, do you, do, you, do you use the play mat from Oceania? Because that gives you better options with like cards to buy things rather than like just making eggs the only good play. No, I haven't. So maybe I just need to um, play it with you guys, and I'll start to enjoy it. Maybe I'm just playing it wrong. But uh, war- fair warning: don't play it on tabletopia with Alan. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> if you do, just set the last day of my holidays. So. Um, <laughs> uh. Alrighty, Shane. Um. I uh, had a couple of games that I think are underrated. And look, for underrated to me is all about um, there's not much hype about the game, and um, the the you know no one's talking about it or and or you know there's some negative comments out there about the game. So <clears throat> the first one I wanted to talk about was, and to no surprise, uh, and it's probably me the only one that actually talks about this game a lot is Circadian's First Light. Um. When this first came out, this this came out at the same time. I think Paladins was on Kickstarter, so it was already up against it against its you know uh, another another game by Garfield Games, and um, it really got poo pooed because of the um, the artwork. I don't know if ever, anyone ever remembers Steve, mm-hmm. you might. Where yep. you know everyone was just everyone was saying about the artwork on the cover put the people off the game, which which is just ridiculous because the actual game itself and fundamentally is brilliant because you know you're you're it's a dice slash worker placement game where your dice are your your crew and they're going out and you know you're doing some trade you're doing some farming you you know you're doing some uh, research and you're constructing on a planet and uh, throughout the whole game you, you know you're trying to negotiate too with the other inhabitants of the planet and um uh you're upgrading along the way you're exploring um, and you know you, you, you're gaining points. Um, it's such a good game, and also too, it is brilliant solo. Um, for me, it's up there in you know the, my top three solo games of all time. Um, it's it it plays solo extremely well, where it gives you a very easy intermediary learning uh, pathway, but then you can really crank it up to be almost you know uh, hard to beat. Um, and I do say almost, but um, that's my first one. Circadian's First Light uh, is a brilliant, brilliant game, uh, and uh, it is completely underrated out there. What else have we got? Number two is... Are you um, doing a list? Yeah, number two, well, just my other, my other second one, was another game I actually kick-started, um, and I don't know if anyone else has played it here in this group. Terror Below... I yeah I, I didn't like it actually so I'd be interested to yeah but I, I, admittedly I didn't give it much of a chance so I'd be interested to hear what you think. Terra, Terra, it. it it is a pick up and deliver 
game um, with a bit of uh, 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 asymmetry um, and ridiculous cards that you can pick up along the way and you uh, upgrade cars, upgrade your weaponry, and you've got this worm that comes out of the ground. It's kind of like, you know, loosely themed around that. What's that movie called where the worm comes out of the ground? Tremors, Tremors that's it. Uh, very loosely th- themed around that. And um, you can do these big jumps. You've got these really weird cars that you can uh, you can equip with different weapons. It is a leave your brain at the door and have some fun. Um, every time I've played it, we just laugh. We just absolutely laugh. And uh, there's a little bit of take that in it. Um, but uh, look, it was by Renegade Games. It came out probably about three or four years ago now. Uh, and I still have it. I do note that a lot of people do sell it off and uh, sell it off quite cheap. But I just I just figure, you know, I wouldn't part, part with the game um, and, and try and sell the game at all, given that, you know, the amount of enjoyment I get out of it and a bit of a laugh. Cool. So that is Terrible Excellent. And Steve? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, if, the first, well, not even the first episode, the episode that we I think we recorded and never put out, we talked about good and bad rolling rights and established that they're just... They weren't they're many all good, good rolling rates. That's what we established is that they're all excellent. <laughs> but one of the things I said is that I'm on the I'm on the offensive. I'm a little bit over rolling rights. Not only over it, I just I don't find them as enjoyable because they're not as interactive as other board games. Um, but uh, on tour uh, is a rolling right where you're essentially creating a band and you're organising your tour across America or Europe, whichever map you've got, uh, via rolling dice. And if you roll like you roll two d te- tens, if you get a seven and a five. Um, you've got 75 and 57. So you've got to put those two numbers on the board somewhere and then you've got to try and make a path of ascending numbers all over the map. And whoever can make the biggest path all over the map wins. So it's not interactive in the sense that you're competing against other people for things, but it's definitely interactive in the sense that you are. it is a competitive game. You do feel like you are playing against people other, other, otherwise, other than just doing the best you can in your own little world. Uh, and you're all working off with the same information. So it's just who can do it better. But none of that matters because the coolest thing about this game is that you get to name your band. Um, and that is what sets it apart from any roll and writers. Like I get to come up with some cool band names. And as G-Money, you'd love it because I know you love a good band name. Um, yeah, On Tour is an underrated roll and write, um, which is hard to say because most roll and writes, in my opinion, are overrated. So, <laughs> yeah, On Tour, worth checking out. Um, another one that uh, I actually played at Shane's place and I've never been able to get a copy of it, um, not through the lack of trying though. And I've got a feeling, I don't even think it was your game, Shane. I think you would borrowed it. But Las Vegas, the dice rolling casino game. I do have it, yes. Uh, that is yours. I, that is a great game and you it's can never game. find it and it never gets talked about. I think they brought out like a deluxe version and that sells for like 100 bucks, which is a ridiculous amount of money for that game. Like theoretically, you could play this game with four or five pieces of paper and a handful of random dice. So, like spending a hundred dollars on a, on that style of game seems ridiculous. But that that version that you had is all I'm chasing, and I cannot find it. It just doesn't exist. You will um, find it in some local corner shop that sits in a little hidey hole with lots of dust in it. That's where Phil found his copy, and they had two copies at the time. Twenty five bucks he paid for it. Nice. That original one. And uh, but I had the Las Vegas Royale. 
Um, but that's why we call him Lucky Phil. Lucky, Lucky Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he puts himself in those positions, though, right? <laughs> you make your own luck. Yeah. Um, the only other, I was going to mention two other ones that are smaller games, but I, I do think really fit into this category, and that is Six Nymphed, uh, which is just a fantastic starter yep. game for a game day for sure. And then Illusion, which is bizarre for me to say that because it's a game about colors and I'm colorblind, um, but I love it. It's so um, just like five minutes of brain melt. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you're not familiar with Illusion, you flip over one card, it might be green. So then you flip over two cards and you have to decide which one has more green in it than the other and place them in order. And then the next person looks at your two cards. If they agree, they draw a third card out and compare it and put it where they think it should go. And then the next person decides. And if if you disagree, you then go and check, and it has the percentages on the back of how much green is in each one. And if 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 you disagree and you're proven right, then you win the point. If you disagree and you're wrong, then the person before you gets the point, and you just basically that's the game. You go until someone gets three points. Great game. Um, that is again, you can pick it up at a at a Toys R Us or not Toys R Us. Definitely won't get one there. Um, at a toy world or somewhere like that for like 12 bucks. So yeah, illusion is another great, great, uh, underrated game. Excellent. And this is where I get a bit sticky. Cause like I said, I play with very specific people. So in terms of what other people are playing and having that knowledge, I don't really have it, but I'm going to start on a similar trend to G money in that I'm going to start with some kids games. Um, so there's two specific kid games that we play in my house that are just loved. And I don't like to play games with kids because they frustrate me. Um, but these are two games. <laughs> the where kids you do or the games? No, the games. I don't, I don't agree with playing a game less than you would normally play it just because small people are playing with you. So I like games where you can play at the same level you would play any game, but everybody's got an equal mm-hmm. chance. So we have a game called Dinosaur Bingo. There's actually a series of them. Uh, We found one that was animals and their poop. uh, And there's an oceans bingo as well that I've seen. But basically, you get a card of 50 dinosaurs. Um, Like there's a board with 50 dinosaurs. You've got 50 things to pull out for your bingos. And all the kids get um, a placemat each, which has, say, 20, 20 dinosaurs on it. And then as you pull them out, they put a little footprint on to say they've got that one. We played in our house that you've got to complete the whole board, but when we finish a line, we call that tactical, techni- like tactical bingo, if you get the line. But then, so we're like, oh, we got tactical bingo. Um, but yeah, you've got to fill up the whole board, and it's just people are screaming, "I've got it!" You know, you know, and they're looking at each other's boards, and it's just a brilliant game. And you know, now my four-year-old son knows fifty dinosaur names. So <laughs> it's a really good educational game as well. The other one for me is Outfoxed. Um, I just think that's a game that all all families should own. It's just a great game. It's basically a there's a fox that's trying to steal some bread and you've got clues as to which fox did it and you've got the suspects and you've got to, you get the clues and you put them in and check whether that your suspect has that item, say be it a top hat or a cloak or a cane. And once you get through and find out, no, it doesn't have that, and you can get rid of suspects, you work out who it is. And if you can do that before the fox gets out of the city, then you win. It's not bread, it's pie. But yes. So they would be my two. I love games for small children. 
Um, in terms of adult games, I'm going to have to ask your guys' opinions on this. So, again, Hogwarts Battle, is that... Definitely. Yeah, it's a great yeah. call. Yep. It is an underrated game. Absolutely. And it's a fantastic yeah. game, yeah, 100%. I just think it really is a game that anyone can play, and if anybody has watched the movies and loved the movies, it's just such an enjoyable way to do it. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's done in the seven... Um, in the grades of Hogwarts. So you play as Hermione or Ron or Harry or Neville and you've got to defeat the bad guys of each year. So in year one, you've got to defeat, um, you know, Tom, uh, not Tom Riddle. The guy with the head in the Professor Quirrell. Professor Quirrell. And you've got, obviously, Voldemort. And so each year, and it gets harder and harder and harder, and you can pick up cards. It's a deck-building game. So you pick up cards that, you know, you can buy Snape and heroes and spells and enchantments to help you defeat the bad guys. Um, and it gets... And every... Um, year you have to put all those cards back and then rebuild them but it's just a brilliant way you can play once um, we played it over many many months um, we'd do a few we'd get through we'd miss a few we'd go back um, it also has a expansion um, a mythical beast expansion which is really cool but yeah I think that that's an absolutely legendary game and it's a really great cooperative game I think there's a few I've got a charms on is there a Charms expansion? Oh, I don't know. I think there's a few. And then I've got the game mat as well, which actually makes it really nice. But we found it quite hard. Like, I've played it a few times with my daughter, and it's just, it's not an easy game. It doesn't, no. it doesn't pander no. to you. No, it does. And that's what's brilliant about it. it. It did take us a few times, and you'd go, oh, we didn't make it. And then you decide, well, do you go back to year one, or do you keep going? And just try that year again, but yeah, it's it's just you can play it multiple times. It's never the same game. It's it's really yeah, so, really good. So there is a Charms expansion. I've got the Monster Box of Monsters, which is I think the book from the third series, the, yeah. the third book. Um, so yeah, there's a few expansions you can sort of add to it. It's not just that core, mm. but even the the core game, still a lot of content in that game. It's it's almost legacy the way you do it and unpack each year as you yeah. play it through. Yeah. Yeah, it's the so other good. thing too, with um, I'm not sure if you've played it, but there's a two-player version, and it is actually a competitive game. I know you mentioned Dual. it like cooperative, um, yeah, but it's called uh, Harry Potter Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah. Um, my daughter and I, my daughter has played through Hogwarts Battle and she loved it. It's pretty much the only game I can categorically say she loves playing. Um, but that and Defense Against the Dark Arts and Defense is like it's basically you know in Seven Wonders how you you've, Seven Wonders Jewel how you've got the the um, attacking board where you're, you're pushing each other back and forth. That's pretty much the whole game in Defense Against the Dark Arts. Still a deck builder, still uses the same cards, still it's made by, by the same publisher, same designer. So it looks very similar to Hogwarts Battle, except it's just two player back and forth. It's You're throwing spells at each other. It's great fun. So if you haven't tried that, if you love Hogwarts Battle, I'm sure you'd like that too. Yeah, it's so good. I, I certainly own it. But yeah, it's it's based off um when um second second movie when Lockhart is getting them to do the dueling and mm. Harry and Malfoy duel. It's basically set up on that table in you know, in the Defence Against the Dark Arts and yeah, it's a dueling. It's mm. good fun. Nice. So yeah. That would be that would be my main ones. I mean 
you know, there's other ones like Land vs. Sea. I don't, again, don't know how popular that is, but that's a brilliant game. It's a great game to play with four people, especially if they don't normally play games because it's so easy to teach. Have I have told a few that people one? that and called it better version of Carcassonne. Yeah. No, it's a brilliant game. So, yeah, those would be my favourite. And, you know, a game that I know that people hate that I love is um, Red Rising. Ah, okay. Mm. Red Rising, I think because it feels like you need to know a story behind it. And there is a story behind it. The characters mean something to something, but it's factions and it's just card building. But it's just... You know, you play your individual game, you do the best you can, and but it's just a really fun, interesting game. We were talking about it recently when we were playing it, and uh, we said it would be really good if you could... It would be one that would be really great to be sleeved. So if you could do it with any other sort of storyline that has factions that you can put the colours towards, but it could do really well if you could put it... I think we even spoke about Game of Thrones, if you could make it into the same game but utilising that sort of um, gameplay that people are more invested because they know the characters. You know, you've got the Westerosses and you've got all of the different things. If they could do something like that, that would make it, I think, more appealing because that's the thing people struggle with is these people don't mean anything to me. But I I almost in the other camp. I absolutely love the books. It's one of my favourite series of all time. And the seeing the cards and the artwork makes me really want to play it. Um, but as you said, Helen, it's just hard to find people that actually know of it and connect with that IP. And the game itself is really quite straightforward. It's not a it's not a hard or complex game at all, but it's a half an hour filler game where we that's where we sort of pull it out occasionally is before or after something else where it doesn't really matter. I don't, it's not a sort of go-to let's play Red Rising because we want to. I love that you can play it in half an hour. how long does it take you to play um like i'm gonna say it's probably a good two yeah weeks two hours (laughs) yeah it feels like that at this point but no yeah right via mail you just send your turn in by the envelope we played um great wall recently and that was i think a five-hour game that was brilliant that was an amazing oh, game. Uh, that's see, that doesn't surprise me anywhere near as much as five and a half hours for Wingspan because <laughs> I, I look at Great Wall and assume it's going to take a while to play. You know, like uh, whereas Wingspan, uh, I, I have played Wingspan once at five and it is mental. But yeah, by a tabletop simulator would make it even more mental. Yeah. Where we struggle the most is we often have up to seven people. So, and we don't like to separate into two teams. So we just play games that will play six to seven people. Yeah. So seven, we... seven's an awkward number. It is. Yeah. Do you know what game's really good with seven? It's a game Shane actually sold me, which is uh, Between Two Castles of Maggie. Yeah, Lovely. that is a great game. It's a great game with seven people because you and, really um, have no idea what anybody else is doing. I think you can get the expansion for It's a Wonderful World to push that out to seven players as well. Yeah, I we think have you mentioned that. that. Yeah, yeah. You play It's a Wonderful World a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great game with seven. I'd love to see Star Trek Ascendancy at seven. I think that's that's the max count with all of the races and with how cutthroat and evil that game can be with three or four oh, seven would be amazing. I'll have to come along one day, Helen. Absolutely. We would love that. Um a game you own, Dave, that I think is 
must be underrated because you just can't physically get copies. Is it um, Seven Continents? The Seventh Continent? Seventh Continent, yeah. Mm. We played that once and, I mean, it certainly was a taster that makes you want to go back for more. Yeah. That's an interesting yeah. game. As a one-off, it's quite good. As a, like a campaign game, it's really, really shines and you can play it. But, yeah, finding enough time and people and interest to play that game is really hard. Mm-hmm. Well, you struggled with that with Pandemic Legacy too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got that through in the end, which which was okay. But I think the, the Legacy games bring in another avenue where it is a bit hard. Like people people's tend to feel quite strongly about Legacy games. They either hate the concept or they don't want to commit to the time frame or they just like don't want to rip cards up and you know finding the right group and, and then playing with them over 10 to 15 games or whatever you got to play um, that can be quite tough so I mean as a game as a mechanism I don't think it's underrated but it's hard to play with people I have a romantic view of legacy games I, when I see a legacy game I think oh I'd love to yeah I should buy that because that'll be heaps fun and because of all the reasons you just mentioned Dave I have a lot of legacy games that are like two or three chapters in and they haven't gone further. Mm. And it's like, I, I, I think I love them and I want to play them more, but finding a group that feels the same and it's, it's a hard one. Mm. And I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about, I think games that we, we got cause people hate, but I, I bought Aeons and legacy and I was so excited to play it. And I sat it down with the group and we cracked it all out and our group, tends to be a bit silly with these sort of things. So we went off on a tangent and made stupid names for people and, and stupid names for the abilities. And it just disintegrated. Like we played two sessions and that's it. And it's just sat there for the last two years, unfinished. Like it, It's a good game that we should enjoy, but I think I picked the wrong group of people to play it with, including you, G-Money. I played it. I've got, I played it myself. Yeah, you played your own copy and then yeah. you didn't want to play my copy. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question for the group, sort of. um, So what got, you know, I obviously said what got me into gaming. Uh, Apologies if you've already gone over this, but uh, what got you all into games? Um, So we'll start with Shane. Um, Me, it was um, being bored and stressed one night and um, sitting up and, and watching YouTube and thinking I need to find a hobby and outlet versus just being a workaholic. And um, so at about one o'clock in the morning, I stumbled across a YouTube channel called The Dice Tower, and uh, it was a, a video of the essential, the top 10 essential board games everyone should own. And um, there were 30 board games, and by the end of it all, by the end of the time I went to bed, I'd bought 10 of those 30. And um, just thought to myself, you know what? I used to like board games when I was a kid, and um, uh, you know, I used to play card games as a family as well. And um, those ten board games arrived, and the the family entertained me uh, in in learning some of them. And I think my first game was Pandemic, and thought this is fantastic. And and so did the boys. Actually, both the boys thought it was really good. And then um, from there, it just grew and. Um, to the point where I, you know, branched out and got challenged to buy, by the family to start playing games with people I don't even know, and um, so you know, thus born is a board gaming community now in Brisbane North. So that's good. That's amazing. What about you, Steve? 
so mine's a very long story, so I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll try and shorten it down as best I can. But uh, I used to uh, all, everything I did used to be around sports. So I used to play basketball, tennis, uh, triathlons, cycling, running, all that sort of stuff. And then um, in the space of about three weeks, uh, both of my knees collapsed on me, and basically. A, I'm now just on the waiting period for uh, one day in my future when I have to get two knee replacements. So happy days. Uh, but that just meant that I had to stop doing all of the things that I did socially uh, and spent a very long period just playing PlayStation and doing nothing with anyone socially until uh, I got to a point where I ended up deciding to speak with a therapist. And she just mentioned what's something that I would enjoy that would bring back some human interaction. And um, I just sort of said, well, I guess I've always kind of liked board games. Um, and she's like, yeah, well, maybe you should explore that. And then I did something very similar to what Shane did. Um, I found the Dice Tower. I found the top 10 essential games everyone should own and then a top 10 family games because I had three young kids. And whenever there was a crossover between those two lists, I bought the game. Uh, so Ticket to Ride was kind of the big windfall game. That was the one that everyone loves, still loves, still gets played. We only played Nordic countries on Christmas Day um, not yeah, last week. Um, and uh, yeah, a few other games that, and then that from there, that's where the hobby grew and it absolutely worked. Um, my mental health is a thousand times better. And I've met so I've met more people in the last, however many years that's been since I started than I had in the previous 30 odd years of my life beforehand. So uh, yeah, I, I'm forever thankful for board games. Uh, it's uh, t- took me from a very dark place to a great place. That's amazing. That's so good. And it's amazing, you know, the power of hobbies and how they can support you and, do you know what I mean, keep you going. Um, I know it's interesting. I, um, and this is no disrespect to Dave, who I adore, but, you know, when I had my birthday, you know, I thought, what do I want to do? You know, do I want to do a family thing and all this? And on my actual birthday, it was my 40th. I'm like, no, I just want to get my group from work to come over and play board games with me because that's my happy place. That's where, you know, if I'm having a bad day, it's never negative. It's always positive. It's just a good time. And, you know, we start at six, we end up having dinner. They leave at three in the morning and it's just always, always a great time. And it's where you just know that it's just fun and it's not Mm. serious and it's, you know, it's not mentally exhausting. It's just enjoyable. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. So G Money, what about you? Um, I sort of went to a friend's house and played Katam, Settlers of Katam. And that kind of like sort of opened my eyes a bit. It's like board games were just like Monopoly and those kind of things to me. You know, there was no other perspective. So I got that and played that for a bit and um, introduced that to friends, played that. And then the game that really sort of shifted it was Puerto Rico. I got Puerto Rico, learnt Puerto Rico, and the four of us would just play it for months, you know, and I had to like sort of learn it and teach it and all those kind of things. And then kind of just sort of spread from there, I guess, like I um, wasn't super into it until I sort of like met DG and everybody. And then, you know, like games last sort of 10 years have probably come a far away from what they used to be um i think that was that was it like playing puerto rico learning puerto rico and just the amount of fun we had was was what got me into it pretty much excellent and finally dave well 
I always liked board games and I used to play games with my family when I was a kid and like, but not just the standard monopolies and stuff. We used to play hero quest. Um, and we used to play, there's a game like squatter and there was an Australian game called stock market. And it's, um, it was, I don't know if anybody's even heard of it. It was like a, from the sixties, I think we basically had shares in companies and that's where my love of economic games, I think came from. Um, you'd go around a, a track and you just roll dice, but if you, took a gamble and went on the high risk track, you could double your shares. So you end up like having a big share portfolio and making heaps of money. Um, so like those sort of games, my, my grandma actually owned a lot of those sort of things from I think the fifties and sixties. So, and, and even card games like cribbage and that sort of thing. I played a lot when I was a kid. So um, going into adulthood, I played a lot of Warhammer and magic and things like that. And so I've been playing Warhammer for about 20 years at this stage. But when that first started playing with a group of friends at Troy and G-Money, G-Money bought through Puerto Rico. And we'd always sort of dabbled in board games before then. Like we had the the War on Terror, which was a game from the, I think, mid-noughties where it was a, almost a pandemic reskin with a bit of terrorism. And the, um, the shtick was there was a um, balaclava in there with the word terrorist on it that you had to wear if you were the bad guy. Oh, what? <laughs> Why are you playing the game? So, you know, silly things like gimmicky things that went along with the games at the time. But but it, we always played things like StarCraft and the Warcraft game and um, Forbidden Stars was one that we played a fair bit, you know, back in the Ooh. in the naughty sort of time. But into modern board game, it really was when G-Money bought through Puerto Rico and it went from there. Um, and my interest really knuckled down um, when my brother-in-law passed away. It was always a dream of his to run a board game shop. And so... I just sort of picked that up and decided to do it and um, grew my collection from significantly during that that period of my life and met a whole bunch of other people and, and really, for me, kicked into that community aspect where now we run the, the Northside group with Shane and you know we've got connections all over the place with publishers and designers. And um, for me, it's been a really fantastic three years sort of working in the community and trying to drive all that sort of that sort of stuff so i've really gotten a lot out of it personally but it all started playing hero quest with my sisters in the in the 80s that's so good uh like i said when you know the covid and everything was really where i sort of geared up and obviously you opening your shop but you know i mean i'm the same i've always played board games and i think for me um I played a lot of video games as a kid and it was great because you would play games back then with someone sitting next to you on a couch. Do you know what I mean? You both had a controller, you talked, you Mm -hmm. bantered. And so when games became more online and you were on a headset, Mm -hmm. that's when I sort of opted out and went, no, this isn't what I'm here for. Um, And so even like I would go on holidays um, with people and I'd always buy some random board games, you know, go to Target and just buy whatever, Cluedo, um, you know, all those games. Um, and it was great, but it was always about that, just sharing, you know, having something to do while talking, you know, yeah. was really what appealed to me. I'm 100% with you there, Helen. That was like I was saying with my, when I got into PlayStation, it's very much you against the world in video games and board gaming is the complete opposite. It's like I, 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 I have comfortably can comfortably say I do not play games to win because if I did I would not be in this hobby um, <laughs> but just being around the table and having a good time with folks is just is awesome and you just don't get that from 
well, I haven't found any other hobbies that you get that from at this point. So. Yeah, and I'm really fortunate. I have um, in our groups, probably collectively, we have over 250 games. And so, you know, we always get to try different games out. And so, you know, even, I mean, I did pick my favourites, but there's so many games that I've played, you know, once or twice that have, have been great. I don't own them, but just being able to experience different games and the enjoyment of that, as long as I'm not the one teaching, <laughs> is great <laughs> because, you know, it's just fun to learn something different. And, you know, there's games you love to play and games you don't, but it doesn't generally matter. Mm. Um, you know, recently we've been playing Blood Rage. I, I think that game's amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? And but you know, I wouldn't have even played it had I not happened to be with the people I was with at the time who who were like, "Let's play this." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> you know, great game. So being able to experience so many different games and therefore loving so many different games is is what so I think so enjoyable about a board game community. You know, I think I think there's that that common theme as well around you know what it does for your mental health. I think, you know, we've all spoken about, you know, certain times of our lives where we've reverted back to board gaming and we've, we've got into the board gaming hobby, you know, to, to find something to do outside of, you know, what we, what we do in our day jobs. And I think, you know, for me, the biggest aspect that I've really enjoyed in my four years in the hobby and probably going on five now is, is meeting people and connecting with different types of people and, and, and different types of communities and, um, and really um, and connecting in a way where it's just all about fun and it's all about just getting to know you and getting to, to know the, the aspects of just uh, human behaviour. And um, for me, I think, you know, we, I wouldn't have met all of you wonderful people if it wasn't for board games. So uh, I think for me it's just a, a great way to connect the community. Love you too, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what um, Dave was saying around legacy games, do you all have a favourite genre? Like for me, I obviously love co-ops. Um, that would probably be my top um, style of game. But what um, what would you say was your favourite type of game to play? Um, I'll start Great with Steve. Question. Uh, look, the easy answer here is worker placement. There's, there's uh, worker placement games ever since I got Lords of Waterdeep, which I was actually going to mention as an underrated game because it kind of gets forgotten these days. People are like, oh, it's a great start into the hobby, but it's still a great game. Um, but, yeah, this, I've got so many different worker placement games now, and they're all great. They all do something a bit different. I think, obviously, um, Garfield Games have really led the way in taking that mechanism and turning it on its head sideways, up, to, up upside down and back to front. So there's just so many... So much, so much you can do with one simple mechanism. So, yeah, I'd probably say worker placement games for me. Great, Dave. I'm a big economic fan, and um, and have been for a fair while. But I also, especially where it bleeds into things like worker placement for um, big shoulders or um, even like easy ones that we played the other day, like that bear raid, Shane. Like just any mm. any way. That sort of economic management games they, they fit my personality and my, my job which is annoying but um, I do enjoy it <laughs> annoyingly. Uh, but there's a lot of aspects to it like thankfully a lot of games have money or score counting or anything like that so yeah I, I, I tend to gravitate more towards area control aggressive games um, but where where it doesn't include any of those things like barrage is still one of my favorite games so yeah I, I sort of move between 
Um, but economic is always going to be my my heartland. Excellent. G money. Uh, Euros and dungeon crawlers. That's pretty much the two best, I think. Can you explain to me what a dungeon crawler is? Gloomhaven. <laughs> it's just me saying Gloomhaven and not saying Gloomhaven. Right. Because <laughs> I that's was it. sitting here thinking Subterra. Because <laughs> you're kind of in the caves. So basically so. like a, a game that progresses, like you level up your characters a bit, get new skills, yeah. maps kind of things. Nice. Why didn't you just mention that as an underrated game, G-Money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gloomhaven's <laughs> horribly underrated. It should be number 0.5. It, it should one. be 1 through 10. <laughs> not I brought one my friend Jaws of Lion and she really loved it. It's uh, so good. Shane. Yeah, this is a great question because, you know, probably before last week, I would definitely have said worker placement, similar to Steve, um, because I do like all of the Garfield games. Um, but in recent times, I'm going to have to say now it's trick-taking card games. I just, I'm really enjoying uh, playing some just really simple card games and uh, just seeing around the table. I don't, I don't, I don't know, if Dave, if you, you know, heard the laughter coming from our table. We played three three card games, uh, very simple games um, at the game day, and God, it was fun. It was so fun, and I think that also gets Lauren and Max and Josh to the table as well. So anything that gets my family to the table has to be my favourite mechanic. And what were the three games you played? So we played Cat in the Box, Scout, and Roll for It, which is not a trick-taking game, but simple. I think at one stage, so we had about 50, 60 people, I think, on the day. Um, there was three games of Scout going at three the same time. Three games of Scout, yep, going at the same time. Yeah. It was cool. But just cool. the laughter, the laughter. And the um, and one, one of the guys on our table wins every single game he plays. He is super smart. He sees the Matrix in all board games. He couldn't see the Matrix in any of these games because, you know, you couldn't math it out. So... There's that word again, Dave. <laughs> Is that a callback? Is that what we're laughing yeah, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he couldn't. He could, and, and I think he's a mathematician as well. And he struggled in every one of the games. He loved it. He loved all the games that he played. Um, but he, you know, you could just tell that he could. He couldn't find the the victory the victory pathway because you can't, you can't control a trick taking card game. I really find it interesting. I've always struggled buying small games because it feels like you're not getting your value for your money. Um, but I, I agree. There's a lot of such great card games that you can play, um, not all trick-taking, but, you know, things like Dave the Mind yeah. that you play, which is obviously you've got to get the numbers in order and just the simplicity of it. But, you know, how much fun you can have. Phase 10 is another one. Obviously, don't play it for three and a half hours. But, um you know, that's a great game. If you're enjoying game. yourself, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. We're not, we're not the boss of things. Like, you can take as long as you want. You've got six nymphed. You've got, yeah. uh, look, you could rattle off a whole heap. But, you, play, uh, you play lunch I mean, money. We've we talked about trick-taking card day games and haven't even mentioned the crew, which is like the hottest yeah. of hotness when it comes to trick-taking. The trick-taking card game. Yeah, yeah. Or Nyet, which is another great trick-taking yeah, card yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's, yes. so, there's so many good little games that are great to just pull out and play. You know, 10. 10's a good game. 
you know, even to the point of Three Kings, which is like an, a very old game that's just like a card game, but, you know, like it's similar to Canasta. But just any of those games, games that you can play quickly and they're fun and, you know, they're filler games and you can just have a bit of a laugh and, yeah. and keep going, I think, are always great to play. And 10, you mentioned 10. I, I just got that uh, recently as well. And mm. the family love it. It's such very a great game. game. And anyone can play it. So yeah. any age can play it, which is always enjoyable um yeah and the other thing i played a game my dad brought it over once it was called domino trains like train domino and it's literally just dominoes but you've got to put them in certain orders to make train like what they call trains because they come out of a track uh in the middle you have like all these little trains and then you've got to place your dominoes in order so that they touch others of the same number it's just really cool just a simple game that's been around for ages it's literally dominoes done in a fun way but you know whatever can like you say whatever can bring someone to the table who you wouldn't think you're playing games with like my dad you know i'm all for it yeah the power of board games yeah and party games like uh just one and so clover um that really hit a nice spot where people who've never played anything like that before really get into it and can really you know work for family gatherings and stuff like that cockroach poker gets so much love yeah, that does get yeah. a lot of love mm-hmm. we had a blast in the past last night for new years we've been, um my neighbors across the road brought out cards against humanity and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> it's been a while but you know it still gets a play Too soon, still. it's I, I love how excited people get when um really you know the people they don't expect to play the cards, play the cards, and they're like, yeah, you know, yeah, like laughing last one, to grandma. Themselves. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But you did what was deal though? Joyce, with, <laughs> Joyce with the coat hanger card, like from downtown. Yes. Oh my god, that card! That's the card I always think of when I think of the bloody game. <laughs> Helen, so I'll tell you my favorite card. Yep. After the podcast is over, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Liam's, I think I can say this one. My husband's favourite yeah. is, you know, the one that's just um, just a whiff, I think it says. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, silly card game. It's, it's great. It's a that's silly a game. Bees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a wizard's hat always gets a good mm. laugh also. I put on my wizard's hat and robe. Yeah. <laughs> and throw my knife, knife style. Mm. Uh, hey, um, Shane, sorry to railroad Helen. Just as a throwback, how's your community watching going? I have watched one episode. Oh. There we go. How'd you that stop is... at one? How like... did you stop at one? I went back and started watching it after oh. that episode. I'm already up to season four. Oh. And if, <laughs> even if you only watched the Dungeons and Dragons episodes, you would have watched more than one. No, no, I've only watched one. And it, look, it's I think it's just time. I, I haven't found the time. And also, too, Lauren and I... Uh, binging Shit's Creek at the moment, so. Which is another great show. Yeah. That show is just, you know, nothing bad ever happens. It's just Gotta next, love shows next level. Like so Community would be the next one. Have you watched uh, Ted Lasso? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have to ask everybody that question. It's the best show. It actually got my husband through his MS diagnosis. It is the best show. I yeah. agree. I, I had it on number one on my list for that exact reason. It's just yeah. oh. It was the tonic that 2020 needed. The whole 100%. human race, the yes. whole human race needed it. Yes, and I didn't watch it. Till, I don't think I watched it till last year, like uh, as in twenty two. Um, 
I, I was a bit late to the party. My husband just kept saying, you'll really like it. It's about English soccer. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll pass. Um, but no, honestly, like it's what you put on when you feel like you can't go to sleep at night. When you Do you know what I mean? It's yep. just, yeah, brilliant show. Yep. I'm it so glad it made someone's top one. That's so exciting. Oh, yeah. More than one someone, I think. <laughs> um, now, did we want to move on to a second topic? Let's do it. Uh, why not? Mm. As long as you're having fun, like... Yeah. Enjoying yourself, yeah. We had two topics, but I'm over this, so good yeah. night, everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. never fucking invite me to this shit again. I could be one fifth of the way through a wingspan game right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at two player. All right. Yeah. So our second topic is going to be: What game did you buy that was hyped, reviewed, or told? Um, to you would be great that you didn't like. All right. I'm going to go first. Um, we played this and then my husband bought it for me and I just really don't rate it and I apologise, Dave, I know what to your is. wife especially. Yeah. Western Legends. Oh, I just yeah. can't get into it. There's yeah, just controversial. I know. I know. It's just there's not – I mean, my problem – my biggest problem with it is – if you have someone like I do who will sabotage games, which I do, they can just literally go to the saloon and play poker the entire time and do nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not fun. That's not. But go and, go and rob them. Go yeah. and like, send them to jail. Like, be a bad guy. Yeah, be a good guy. Deposit the gold. Walk out. Go back in. Rob the bank <laughs> that you just deposited the money in. That's how the West was won. Yeah. I would play it with other people if they said let's play West Legends I'd be like sure I have played it I just would not pick it to choose it I would never yeah it would be the last thing I would pick off a list have you played Dave's blinged out set oh I have all of the no no my husband bought it for me with all of the expansions I have expansions you can't get anywhere now I've got anti up I've got yeah yeah, they're still in their box if you're, not, if you're not doing anything with it, I'll take it off your hands for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if it's a problem, I can help fix it. Like, And the other one is Magic Maid's Kids. I, again, I, I think this may be user error, but I don't understand how that's a game. You just move and then someone else moves and then they move. Like, that's not a game. You still get to the end. It makes no sense to me. Because you can't talk. I get it. You can't version? talk. I don't know. I haven't played the other version. Oh. Because playing like, the version, I'm like, I, I've never, I've never opened it again. I played it once, went, nah, I'm good. Because I've played the the main version a few times with a few different groups, and it it comes across very differently. Depends on who you play with. I played it with serious gamers who ignore it and didn't like it. They thought it was shit. I played it with kids who just mucked around and sort of did whatever they wanted and enjoyed it, but didn't play the game. I played it with board gamers who played to the rules and it was a excruciating experience where like the whole point of the game is you're not allowed to talk and you have to signal to people to get them to take their part of the action Um, and you get a little timer and like any slight aggression just escalates in this game where you're forced to not talk to people I mean you've got to stare at them and you've got to smash a piece of wood right in front of them to get them to do something like a judge's gavel you just had to you just have to hit it in front of them And it ended up with someone yelling in my face going, what? What the fuck do you want me to do? 
how? Like, are they not bothering to play? Are they not? I only did that once. Oh wait, I'm I'm left. I better go left now. I mean, it's not hard. You wouldn't think it's hard, but like it escalates up. You know, people take it seriously. So it's an interesting game. The, the adult game, I haven't played the kids' version, so I don't know what the difference is. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's polarising. Like, depends on who you play with. I think that's one that I'm definitely going to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your game, Shane? Um, so, I think it was roughly last year. There was hype, so much hype going on in Australia about this board game where um, it's about collecting fruit and then selling off fruit and sending fruit off in ships. And you've got this little, do you remember the, like in the show bags you used to get this little, you know, uh, like a little uh, puzzle where you'd have to move little pieces around to try. You have one gap in that puzzle and you have to move things yes. around. It's a slide, it's like a slide puzzle. Yes. And this game had that in it and everyone was loving it. And you listen to podcasts and everyone was raving about it. I'm like, all right, better get it. It was shit. I'm actually <laughs> going to give it away to. What was the game called? Juicy Fruits. Oh, is it based off the game that you play on your phone? Like the slashing game? Is that also called Juicy Fruits? No, that's not, a, no that's not Juicy. No. Fruit Ninja. Fruit Ninja. Ninja no. you're thinking. The Juicy yeah, yeah. Fruits. Which is a great game. Yeah, thanks to our sponsors, <laughs> Fruit Ninja, for sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but Juicy Fruits is a, the amazing components, right? Brilliant components in there. like Big, hard, wooden piece, pieces that are in shapes of fruit. But just the game. I played it twice. I taught it to someone and um, I just it's just sitting in my shelf. I can't stand it. The hype around it was just, I don't know, ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to our, our Brisbane North community. We can have it now. <laughs> Library. <Yeah>. And I'm <laughs> not teaching it. I'm not teaching it. Steaming pile of shit to someone. <laughs> to the community. <laughs> You've really sold it next time yeah. I'm, I'm totally going to pick that game to play. Yeah, I'm going to inflict it upon them. Did anyone remember it? Yeah, yeah, I remember Juicy Fruits. I remember chewing them, but I don't remember playing the game. (laughs) Seriously. All right, G-Money. So I have a go-to for this question. It is Founders of Gloomhaven. Yeah. I bought that game. I tried really hard. It's not a bad game. It's just just a decent sort of city-building game, but it's skinned around Gloomhaven, which makes it... They're trying to do a thousand things in it and nothing really works that well. So I was super hyped for it, bought it, and yeah, have never I've played it a few times but never really got into it. I love uh, that sorry? Gloomhaven is one of your absolute favourite games yep. to the point that it's your <laughs> genre. <laughs> and yet you bought a founders of Gloomhaven and it's like this is shit. Yep. But they got, changed it yeah. to be a city builder. Where it should just be a dungeon crawler. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got nothing to do with Gloomhaven at all. I, I bought it just because the collector in me wanted to have it, just so I had it there next to Gloomhaven and Jaws the Line and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, it's it's more of a Euro based game, isn't it, G? Yeah, it's a it's a city build like supply yeah. management game. Yeah. Um, also, didn't like Vindication. Uh, I know that's controversial, but I never really liked it. I've that much. never heard of it. Never played it. Never played it. Um, sh- uh, Steve is keeping his mouth quiet. So, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. hang on, Steve, you there? I feel you like there? feel like feel like there might be a crossover coming yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Massive. I ne- I never bought Massive Darkness, but I played it and thought it was completely rubbish. Yeah. 
Um, that didn't land at all. No, I thought it was, yeah, repetitive garbage. Is that the new one? They're redoing it, I think, aren't they? Yeah, like they've two? redone it, and it, people are raving about yeah. it. They actually reckon they fixed a lot of the problems with this version. Of they said the well, biggest problem they did is they called it Massive Darkness 2 because it should not be compared to the first one. It's like people are saying, why did they call it that? Yeah. So should be even bigger darkness or something. <laughs> uh, and I never really liked Dead of Winter. I tried to play it. Really? Thought it was really. I thought I thought it would be really good, but I just never really got into it. So. You made me play that a lot of times. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And it was it was <laughs> not, not ideal. It was not ideal. <laughs> you tried really hard to like it. Yeah. Yeah. You wait next game day. Juicy fruits. We're all playing it. Juicy fruits. Dead of winter. Let's bring it. <laughs> and pendulum. Yeah. Just to whack yeah. one in there. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. oh, why? I, I why? actually like pendulum. Okay, then but... you, we need to play it with you because I couldn't even. I started, I read the rules, I'm like, no, nah, this is a hard right. no for me. Even just reading the rules, I'm like, I cannot play this game. The time-basedness of it yep. drives me mental. It would just wreck so your five hours, though. wouldn't it? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let, legends say she's still playing it today. Uh, that's why you, uh, you're, you're under, under pressure. You can't just talk between moves. Hang on, hang on. Uh, quick, flip the, flip the timer again. And the sabotaging of each other, right, with the timer flips. Like, I was just yeah. like, oh, this isn't a Helen game. It's funny because I got rid of that game because I couldn't find anyone to play it with. And it is a game that suffers from that problem of if you know how to play it, you will do better than someone who is new. Like, so yeah. new, new people won't enjoy it if they're playing against people who know what they're doing. Um, so it's, it was the impossible game. I, I actually quite liked it, but I could never get it to the table. So mm. good old pendulum. <laughs> on that note steve what's your game uh so I'll, I'll cover the crossover first yes vindication i i went through over hell and high water to get my copy of vindication um i had some idiot in western australia who oh, took my I money and that. didn't give me the game for like four months and many many emails and messages and they're outing him on facebook and everything i could think of eventually the game turned up um after i paid him extra for postage and everything you know the eternal optimist in me just kept on assuming it was happening. It did. In the meantime, G Money had offered to give me his game, which pretty much t- tells you what he thought of it. Um, so, but then we finally played it, and I played it with G Money, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is, yeah, I'll, I'll move this on straight away." It was just did not hit for me at all. Um, I even won that game. I won that game by a landslide, and I think that was the reason why I didn't like it. I've just felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over and over again and maximizing victory points. There was no, there was no reason to go off and do anything else. Like, and then I'm just like, well, this is kind of stupid. Anyway, that's, that's, that's why for that game. Um, the other one that really stands out for me, and it's such a shame. We had Hannah host um, a few weeks ago and her uncle, Hannah, her now husband, Scott and I, we all started playing the King's Dilemma which was raved about. It got like the shut up and sit, sit down and push and all that sort of stuff. And so we got together at my house and we made a plan to do it every Saturday and we did the first one and I'm like, oh, yeah, or I guess it's okay. The thing that bothered me and the first is that you get a character, you get all this backstory about the character and then after you choose what to do, the first dilemma you face, all of that backstory means nothing now because – like you're all off on this adventure together. So the fact that I wanted to stay in the town and sell my wares 
didn't matter because the crew went off on an adventure. So I was just like, oh, why tell me the backstory? But I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll forget about that and we'll just get involved in the story. And the, we played it about three or four times. And it's essentially the road events of Gloomhaven in a game. That's it. You basically draw a card, you do an outcome, um, and you, that's it. You move on. And, I, we, and it was one of those things where I didn't want to say anything because these people were making an effort to come to my house and it was all exciting and all the rest. And then suddenly everyone had something on on a Saturday when we were supposed to play. And I started to get this feeling like, okay, this isn't just me. So I just put in the chat. I'm like, hey, how do we all feel about this game? Do we want to keep going? And then everyone was like, oh, I'm so glad you said it. No, it's just not for us. And everyone was like, no, terrible game. We don't want to play it again. So yeah, that was one that I was expecting to really like that just totally missed um, so the King's Dilemma, they've just released the Queen's Dilemma and I could not be less interested in the board game. Mm. Um, and then the final one, which is going to be very controversial in amongst the, fi- the four, five of us, mainly because it appeared on two people's top 10 lists, is Pipeline. Oh, you're the worst. How do I, I exit the chat? Yeah. <laughs> you killed the podcast. We're done. <laughs> well, what, what what annoys me about Pipeline is I've, I've played uh, played it only played it three times, and one time I really did enjoy myself, but the other times enjoyment was taken sorry. off. The, was that the time you played it with me and G Money? No, I didn't play it with you. I just sat behind you guys, yelling at each other and whinging about how much you hate Gloom. Hello. Oh, we lost Steve. You just cut him off. (laughs) (laughs) I deleted him. This is the more advanced chinwag section with people who like Pipeline. Yeah, yeah, with the actual quality people. Yeah. If you don't like Pipeline, you're not welcome here. You'll need to cut me off too then. Oh, no. I did not enjoy it at all. You, You have a pass, but Steve can go fuck himself. I've played it a couple of times. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, it's fine. But again, wouldn't pick it off the shelf. Wouldn't no, say, hey, I'm let's play this if there was any other option. All right, am I back? Yes. yes. We'll allow I you back in. You. I didn't love it either, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I, like what I was saying, I think, because I, I could hear you guys the whole time. So thanks for that uh, lovely <laughs> message, Dave. Um, um, it was that fun was taken away from me before the game started in those other games. Like, that's the point. That's the fun. Yeah, are you looking for fun? You're looking for the wrong game, son. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe after, a, maybe if you play it more, I, it might. Maybe I don't know. There's some other love that grows from it. But I, I, the first, second time I played it, I was the fourth player, and I could, and I just feel like being the fourth player in that game immediately puts you behind everyone else. Like there is, it's, it's you are so much worse off being the fourth player because a lot of the options have already been taken. So like I found it in a, in a game where you have so few turns to start behind, just felt like I could never, I was always behind. I felt like I could never catch up. And and there's such a big spread on, like I, I, you've guys have played it way more than me. So maybe you just, you, you have examples of this, but I've, I've never had a situation where it's a close game. There's always a runaway leader and everyone else is just 600 points behind. So funny story, Steve. We played a game with Haig the other week and shout out to Haig. Awesome dude. Yeah, he's so legend. We, we talked about the exact same thing with the four-player thing, and we decided to give the people a dollar. So after the first player, they got $1. So Hay got like $3. He won the game by $3. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. And he's like, oh, it was all on that, you know, made up extra money that we got at the start of the game. Like, yeah. No, it wasn't. It was like 650 to 653 or something. But yeah, yeah we, we messed around it a little bit and it was super close. I agree, Steve. It's one of the games where going second, third or fourth gives you no advantage. But yeah. going fourth just gives you more time to hate yourself in the game. Yeah, exactly. So, and surprise, surprise, the game that I won, I won by a few hundred points and I went first. Uh, and the person who came last went fourth. So I'm kind of like, it's proving my theory. That's so, the secret to the game. Yeah. <laughs> you're not first, you're last. Damn you, Schwazi. Ah. Um, yeah. So that that's, Patrick yeah, Schwazi? <laughs> he's, he's, he's dead now yeah. um, no so that's yeah that's uh, I knew I knew you guys would have a girl at me for that one but yeah I just didn't love it and um, yeah it didn't last long wow. very cool alright well I guess we're looking for a new podcast member Helen <laughs> Dave have you you haven't said yours no well I mean I, I mentioned Aeon's End Legacy before like that was one for me I was really excited for, and it just did landed flat. But I'm I'm sort of judging mine off um, ones that I was excited about, and I've got out of shrink and I've tried to learn, and we've just never played. So Oath is one. Um, mm-hmm. I like Kyle Worley. I like Root. I'm really really big fan of what they do and how they do it. But that one's just too hard to get to the table. We haven't actually managed to get a group to play it. Um, same with High Frontier. Um, I'm very excited. For me. It's a bit of a Kickstarter addiction, but I've got to all in with everything and I really want to play it, but just can't. Is that that one? Because I was going to ask you, is that that one with the, the map that just does your head in when you look at it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the concentric rings of the solar oh, system with God. the gravity paths. Yeah, yeah like, like it looks unreal. But, um, and Pendulum. I was going to mention Pendulum because <laughs> out, of, out of all the Stone My games, it's the only one I haven't played. And we did. G Money is, is one of those great guys where he'll go, okay. Let's learn this game and let's play it because you want to. And we still haven't managed to play that game. That swings the wrong way, that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Well, it sounds like for Pendulum, we need to get Steve and the group together and he can yeah. teach it all to us because if somebody physically got to the point of learning it, that's a step <laughs> further than the rest yeah. of us did. On Tabletopia. <laughs> when are we doing it? I'm busy that night. <laughs> <laughs> But for real, the other the other one that I that everybody likes, and this is my controversial one, is viticulture. Oh so, wow! And you're okay. giving me crap about pipeline. You're taking down viticulture. <laughs> it's not not even taking it down. I just didn't enjoy it. it worker placement's one of my least favorite mechanisms as a pure thing. Um, and the people that I played it with, and there wasn't the right time. We were all drinking, and it just didn't work very well, and didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So, haven't picked it back up since. You missed one off your list, Dave. Yeah, Charlie Party. No. Tycoon. <laughs> I wasn't going to ravage your your <laughs> one of your favourite games. But. So I have a game called Letter Tycoon. Have any of you heard of it? No. No. It's essentially New Age Scrabble, right? So you've got you get li- you get a group of cards, a group of letters, and there's three letters on the board, and you've got to make your longest word. And the longer word you make, you get points and um, some tokens and you can use your points your coins to buy the letters but the letter has to be in your word so and the letters are worth different amounts depending on how how popular they are in the alphabet so how many times they're going to come out in other people's words because you get a coin for every time someone else used that letter once you own it and then there are the um, 
there's like five letters that are really unpopular, like X, Q, you know, those sorts of ones, and they've got specialised things. So one might let you make two words, one might let you add an S to the end of every word and all of that. And so you create words and get points. And then once you've got to 25, I think it's 27 stocks or something, depending on how many people are playing, then you finish, you count up and see who won. I played it with Dave and he just hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Could not enjoy a game less. It was ridiculous like you would think stocks and, and scrabble like yeah it can't be that bad it it was definitely not my favorite game of the day <laughs> no i'm curious to know what people's opinion of arkham horror is a card game no the board game the big okay. one yeah it's good never played it never played it but you need the right people yeah because i played it once and it was at a board game day that um I was hoping Dave would teach us, but he couldn't. So we just had to learn it ourselves. And I just, I never got into it. So I was curious whether, again, user error or whether. I think, yeah. I think just from my learnings, you know, throughout my time in the, in the board gaming industry is where I've played games before that I hated. And um, I think if you give it another go with the right group of people you enjoy playing with, you might like it. Yeah, because I think that was the point where I stopped buying games I hadn't played before. Because I have a bunch of games that I bought without ever playing them. You know, another one was Exoplanets. I've played that once and never again. Mm. Photosynthesis doesn't get out very often. Oh, gosh, yes. that's a... yeah. He's got to make a tree and leave. That game, you know what? That, that game's a great game if you don't play with someone who is trying to sabotage you. And as soon as someone tries to sabotage you in that game, I, I've never played that game since. Like it ruined the, the, the whole experience that, just to know that that's a possibility and it's a good way to play the game. Like statistically a great way to win that game is to be a, be a prick. Um, but that just, just means I never want to play that game ever again. <laughs> so. Well, play that game with kids, Steve. It's actually really enjoyable. They love it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? They're not going to be out there for blood. Yeah, but, uh, there's a particular person that I uh, used to be in a podcast with who I played that once with, and uh, I wanted to burn my copy after that game. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even play my copy. I just wanted to go and get it off the shelf and burn it. it was, yeah, you were barking up the wrong game there. Yeah, that's to right. Sap, yeah. sap your will to play it. Yeah, yeah. Made a lot of firewood. Yeah, all that. Yeah, just wanted to leaf. Wonderful. That, that, that Let that one hang. That could have used a bit more time in the oven, Shane. That one. <laughs> but hey, you tried. You put it out there. Yeah, and it there we go. Come on. Yeah. This is where you tell us you're really for global warming because of that game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it changed my whole outlook on. Humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I hate trees now. <laughs> Who needs oxygen? I cut one down every day. <laughs> every, time I get, every time I walk past a tree, I get PTSD. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. There's actually yeah. another game, and I'm the, my, the name of it has just gone out of my mind, but you literally cr- collect rain droplets and grow things. Is that Petricor? Yes. I've got that. I haven't played it yet. It's on my shelf, so... Good, like to, good, good to know you don't play. <laughs> That's a good game. That's a good game. No, I'm oh, not putting oh, okay. that in the same category. Oh, Sorry, right. apologies. Okay. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that was a good. fun game. <laughs> um, yeah. 
going back to, I apologise to jump back, but going back to underrated games, I do have a game that I'm curious if you guys have heard of called Junk Art. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good game for a group of people. That's it's um, it's essentially like Jenga but with odd pieces. Mm. So you've got like a ball and like a dumbbell and then squares and then arches and all sorts of things and you've got to make the tallest or the longest or the yeah without pieces falling off it's a hard one to find too i know i have a wooden copy because of that Mm. yeah (laughs) because it came in wooden and plastic they are not the same game because wood is not perfectly shaped the way that plastic is but it's good it's just different also, we hate wood because of you know the previous conversation. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. All, all things yeah. trees, really. Yeah. Do you yeah. you don't you don't respect wood, do you? No. no? Anti trees. Okay. I respect wood. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Good it's a line from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do you know what? I haven't seen that was on that on the list of your guys' favorite shows. Was on mine. No. Hmm. I don't think that one was. <clears throat> Definitely not quoted as much as the league, which we oh. all completely forgot. I need to. I need to watch the league. You guys talked yeah. about that. I need to yeah. watch that show. Yeah. The league is good. The league is good. All right. Well, that's enough throwbacks. I think pre- every previous episode we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> tick tick tick. Yeah, yeah, we've covered them all. Yeah, all three of them. Yep. We got them. Yeah. And how yep. cool? How cool are kids? Kids are great. All right, we've done that yeah. one now too, everyone. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, we mentioned three kids games. In that's this true. Episode, that is true. We did. Um, and Shane, Gigi did a good job with that kids episode. I really enjoyed listening to it. Ah, that's good. That's great. It's um. It, Hopefully uh, this episode, well, actually, probably by the time this episode comes out, um, we do need to wish someone a happy birthday, a friend of the show, our only friend of the show. Uh, that is Lucky Phil. Uh, Lucky Phil is uh, is getting another year older uh, next week, and I think we're all getting together for a bit of a board game evening next Friday night. So if this show comes out next Friday, happy birthday, Phil. Yeah, get your red he wine did. on, Phil. He did mention that he would like to be on the podcast. He did. We can make that happen. We, and, can, make and, we can make dreams come true. And we can. <laughs> Isn't that right, Helen? Absolutely. <laughs> Happy birthday, Phil. Uh, That's your present to him. And to, oh, well, his, his present, Helen, to your disgust, he actually wants to play um, Western Legends on Dave's blinged out set. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll bring you along. Look, like I said, I would play it. I just don't choose it. Like, that's not... I don't hate that like I hate other games. Like, it's still one of my favourite Western Legends moments, though. So we played it in a, at a group, at a game night, and there was a guy, and he had to leave early to go to work. So he literally destroyed Phil, like crushed him, killed him, and he's like, all right, I'm out. I've got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to the ground. Uh... So I think Phil wants some payback for that. That was so, that was excellent that night. That, that was so good. Yeah. So, so wrapping it up, Helen. What are we? Uh, what's our next topic? What are we talking about next time? Your next topic is your favorite games to teach other people. Oh, that's a oh, great topic. That is mm. a good topic. Yeah. Charlie party yeah. and pipeline, baby. Remind <laughs> <laughs> me not to get you to teach me games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,